hello. This is episode 41 of FIA Goes PC. As always, I'm your host, Rebel Zen, aka Danny Ho. And with me, a little bit worse aware, been dragging the world around on his shoulders today, we have our producer, our lovely producer, Winifred Marks. Hello. Hello. And next to her, on the far left, swinging from the rafters like a banshee in the wind. The one and only Unicorn Slayer, aka Pete Sailor. Hello. See, he's, he's, he is swinging. swinging from the rafters. And he's probably caused a peak on the audio. So if anyone's dog <laughs> is now screaming, sorry, he is swinging on the rafters. <laughs> so we've just literally come back from probably the third mega filming day during season two, like mega, because that means longest time out of the house. <laughs> And uh, yeah, we kind of, we, we went back to Moncock. It was a Monday, so mm-hmm. we've uh, gone Moncock Monday again for the second time since we've been out here. But we did a whole load of different things. Firstly, we did a wrap-up for uh, the Macau episode, which was fun. We'll talk about that in a minute. Then we kind of took Pete on more of a tour of Moncock, going up to Yamate and things like this, mm-hmm. and the famous markets along the way, including the food market that's kind of like farmer's market that you had us walk through before we got to oh the fruit market yeah, yeah the, the famous farmer's market the very expensive fruit market yeah so yeah we, we went to see uh whole foods of Moncop and yamato it sort of stretches all the way but uh anyway yeah so it was fun and we saw the jade bazaar it was very bizarre jade market yeah yeah, yeah. but we're going to tell you all about that it's very good we're not going to ruin the episode we're not going to ruin the scenes we're not going to ruin the uh narrative we might, but it'll be by accident. <laughs> by accident. So, yeah, so no, it's been a busy day. We uh, we then went back to Chunwon, uh, which both of these areas are kind of the hot spots for a lot of crazy in mm. recent protesting days. Yes. So we kind of knew that we have a time limit. When the sun goes down, the crazies come out, we have to leave. And that's kind of <laughs> what we did. But we sort of, we did quite a lot. I think we've Ooh. had a very full day today. Mm-hmm. It's been very good. So, we will rewind the clock today. Started. We first... How did we get there? I can't remember. Bus. We took a bus. Double-decker bus. We sat at the front like two five-year-olds. We did. And it's like the thing about the double-deckers here is it's right at the front yeah. because people are shorter. In the UK, you got a bit more space. My knees were essentially outside. <laughs> Pretty much. Mm. Uh, and so it's basically like being on a simulator, isn't it? Yeah. So that was fun. It's like a ride. It is, yeah. You're holding the, the bar going... Oh. Especially with Danny <laughs> screaming next to me for the entire journey. Yes. We might have been talking. It sounds similar. It did. Well, it was because you were standing on my foot again. So yeah. uh, you weren't actually sitting. You were just on my foot. Well, you said your leg was getting better and we can't have yes, that. Yes, exactly. Yeah, you have to re-wreck my leg. So uh, we were on a long drive. How long is the drive? About 20 something? 40 uh, minutes? 40, 45. Yeah. Yeah. It's same quicker than that. It does. Yeah. Well, it's because you're enjoying yourself on the simulation ride. Of course. It's very good. Very good fun. Um, we got there quite early. So around, what was it, like one thirty in Moncot when we arrived? I think we left here about one thirty. Yeah. yeah. So maybe 2. Yeah, like we got there about... Uh... <laughs> I've just got heat stroke. <laughs> Don't mind me. I'm uh, still uh, dealing with the fact that... 2.30 or 3, I think. So it was a uh, early afternoon. Yeah, yeah. Um, and actually at that point, um, Moncot was fairly okay. It wasn't too mm-hmm. crowded. Uh, it was later. But we took Pete to a very famous landmark here, uh, Langham Place. Mm-hmm. which used to be connected to the Langham Hotel. We now realise that has changed ownership, but it's maintained Langham Place. It's still mm, Langham yeah. Place, which is kind of a mall skyscraper. Yeah. I think that's the only way you can really explain it. It's a mall skyscraper. With, I think, the longest escalator I've ever been on. Yep. Is yep. either that or the, there's, there's one in London, one of the tube stations has got a very famous, oh, yeah. huge yeah. escalator. Massive. And I think one in New York does too. Haven't been there. Not as big. London, yeah, London might be a rival. Mm. You, you're right about that. But yeah, it was very, very high. Is that Baker Street? No? It's one of the that's, streets. That's not one of the stops, is it? It's on the Monopoly board if you're in London. <laughs> that's all I know. Longest escalator. <laughs> Buy it. Buy it before someone else. Yeah. <laughs> you need it now. <laughs> should be as well fleet, with the electric company. Should be on Fleet Street. Yeah. Because it's a very fleeting <laughs> thing. No, it's not. Uh, it's quite long. So, yeah, it's basically the stairway to heaven, I would say. Because uh, you are going up. A skyscraper on the longest escalator. It's a very lazy ever. stairway to heaven. 
Well, I, I'd imagine it is. Yeah. I'd imagine it is. And you need your passport. So when you die, hold your passport. Otherwise, you get checked. You can't checked. cross over the border. Yeah, you get checked. <laughs> and you get sent down. And uh, they don't accept the legal people in heaven. St. Peter is just the world's most annoying customs officer. Wait, yes, you are. I'm an immigration officer. <laughs> yes, for sure you are. <laughs> My namesake. Yes. But of course, any heaven or any heaven-like thing that your belief might sway you to. Valhalla. I personally think it's a big water park in the sky. Oh, that'd be cool. Wouldn't it be? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It would be very nice. And they serve whatever you want to drink. Perfect. Around a clock. Or eight or whatever. That's what I think. It's just a water park. Forever. <laughs> Infinite water park. We did all come from the sea, so we go back to it. Kind of a thing. Hey. Anyway, so what it is like... I see was, what you did was, there. That was uh, philosophical, if you're strange. So Langham Place, basically, you start it off and it's like any old mole here, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And then it's when you get up the first deck. When you've got up your first 20 floors or yeah, so. Yeah, yeah, And wind's like, basically, we're halfway. Yeah. And you're almost like, you what? <laughs> <laughs> and that's the bit where you realise, this is actually quite massive. Yeah. But it's, it gets special after that, because everything on those first sort of 20 floors or so is very standard. Mm-hmm. All the same sort of brands and all the kind of big stuff, Levi's, all this stuff. When you get to that certain deck about where Starbucks is, it suddenly becomes quite special after that. There's a lot of, um, maybe another floor of things you know, and then it's basically indie stuff. Mm-hmm. That shows you quite a lot of uh, the brilliance of Hong Kong, like all of this stuff that they can uh, do with craft and stuff like this. Like there's models that they carve of likenesses. Yeah, you which, can give yeah. them a picture. Yeah, yeah, and they, 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 make a model. Model they do real life sort of action figure set sort yeah. of stuff caricatures of the people is it well models not real life <laughs> they don't transmute you into a, some kind of weird clone that would be really good it would it would also be scientifically at this you, current time impossible you could but literally yes. have a mini me couldn't you you could yeah. and it just but it would be the most pathetic clone ever that just dances <coughs> in like jazz hands for the next 30 years because that's, that's what's been to do. is that what, what you want more, what more do you need a mini pete doing jazz hands yeah for 30 years well fair enough Going, hey, darling. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, and there's uh, another model shop to just sort of, it's, so if you remember those um, tiny cars you had when you were a kid, mm-hmm. and playing with them, there's a shop dedicated to, like, model structures of every Hong Kong transport vehicle and things that are iconic in Hong Kong, including buildings at a sort of scale level. That was quite amazing. Yeah, eh? yeah. That's one of my favourite things to look at. Including kind of your standard housing block as well. Yeah. It wasn't just like your famous buildings or whatever. It yeah. was all your normal yeah, stuff. Yeah, standard stuff. It's really Bus cool. Bus stations yeah. and, and all that kind of stuff. It's very cool because you could essentially, if you had enough money, literally rebuild Hong Kong yeah. per square foot <laughs> and send it to your mates to say it's exactly like that, only not that small. You'd need a lot of time on your hands. You'd need a lot of money and a lot of time. Mm-hmm. So it's a good retirement plan for a millionaire. There yeah. you go. That's that's we're just giving another tip. We we're good at these tips. We are, yeah. We're getting better at it. So Langham is it's very special. You can't really miss it because you kind of see it in every street and every whatever. It looks like a huge skyscraper with a nice golf ball slapped on top, doesn't it? <laughs> it's pretty much that. And so what once we got there, we also saw um a few sort of nods to Japan. I don't want to say what one of them was. Mm-hmm. But if you're a fan of someone, a lad called Ash who wears a cap and he catches certain things, that gives you a hint. It's kind of like a hub of that. <laughs> and that's kind of cool because yeah. outside of Japan, I'm not sure how frequently those exist. It was really cool to see that. It's like a whole shop well, dedicated. Real. You don't actually find them in the no, world. They're, they're actually real. You in do there. on walks. Yeah, I do actually. <laughs> you go catch them. So basically, he plays whatever it is, but he plays the app version of whatever it is and this is where they all accumulate so all you have to do really is never walk anywhere never see the countryside never check the miles just go to this one place that's in langham place and you will collect yeah them all because mm-hmm. they're all there did you check your pokemon go thank you for ruining everything <laughs> <laughs> yes this is our producer who's an idiot so this is what happens when she hasn't had much sleep literally the ultimate spoiler of everything. This is why I call Are her the romance killer. I don't know. We might. You're the, you're the person Edison. Who knows what you're keeping? So basically, round that corner after she deliberately ruins everything, even though I was very subtle. Thank you for ruining everything. You will notice that we did do a special feature in our episode mm-hmm. when we were there. 
at some point because you make a point of saying about it that you've kind of ruined but anyway moving along so round that corner you kind of wrap around there and then you get into the foodie bits don't you mm-hmm. there's a lot of sort of bizarre chain restaurants some strange sort of gimmick sushi places a lot of japanese the okonomiyaki yeah. place is pretty cool because it was almost like a buffet that you give the chef and he turns it into whatever you want in a sort of noodle sense or an okonomiyaki sense okonomiyaki we have explained in the past is kind of like everyone says it's like a japanese pizza that's not true it's more like a japanese rosti potato rosti with loads of extra stuff so pete's just looked at me as if i spoke in swedish <laughs> almost i think rosti is swiss isn't it it's uh basically it's a potato thing that you grate right and then you sort of shallow fry it like a pancake. I and know what you mean, yeah. yeah, yeah, right, good. It's like American hash browns. Mm. Only nothing like them. Yes, well done. It's a no, disc, like... disc shape, disc shape for all the budding chefs out there. But yeah, it's made in a similar way to an American hash brown, but not a clump of... It's a cheese potato frisbee. There you go. But it's not cheese. There's no cheese in it. I think you could probably put cheese in it, but usually you don't. It's just the starch that crisps it. Mm. I'm being very chefy here. Sorry, folks at home. <laughs> so basically, an okonomiyaki is kind of like that, fried on a tap and like a La Plancha if you're in Spain, but basically like a flat griddle pan or something, you'd call it. And then you basically chuck it on there, throw a load of stuff in it, and it's basically okonomiyaki translates to anything you want grilled, which is what it is, a mixed grill. <laughs> simple, simple as that. Mm. So Japanese pizza, no. Mixed grill with potato stuff. That's actually a... Your vegetable that you said, that root vegetable that oh, you... Oh, uh... It's that. Yamaimo or something. Same to you. That's the place in Vancouver, near Vancouver, isn't it? No. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, right. Anyway, it doesn't Yamaimo. matter. We have a friend from uh, Nanaimo. Nanaimo, which is the that cousin. That is pretty close, yeah. isn't it? It is. It's Hi, the Joel. cousin of it. Hi, Joel. How you doing, buddy? I uh, hope you're listening in Vancouver and hope the weather is treating you well because it is getting cold out there. Um, moving along, because this has become very cool. We're now talking cooking competitions and stuff is great so you get around a corner you go up to the eaty stuff and then right at the top and winifred just saying nothing for the next 10 minutes <laughs> right at the top was our destination to start mm-hmm. this thing off and it's very creative what we did today i feel very proud of you so do i very proud of myself i feel that if win speaks she's going to ruin everything we can mention that we had a um a very traditional chinese meal up there we did. We we started our day with a brunch. We didn't really mm. have breakfast because we went. St- we are dedicated to entertain the masses. Yeah, it's what we do. So we skipped the meal, got straight to Moncock because if we didn't, we might get caught into something riotous and crazy. <laughs> and we decided to go with the most Chinese thing we could find, mm-hmm. and that is a Japanese take on British classics. Yeah. Which was fun, wasn't it? You had... I had a bacon and cheeseburger. You had a bacon and mm-hmm. cheeseburger. I'm not sure if any of you have ever heard of this in the UK yeah, right now. They're, they're very rare. They are... So- yeah. Well, sometimes they're cooked that way. To be fair, not quite... <laughs> sometimes they're well done. Not quite as rare as what you had, though. Yes, what I had... If you're from the UK, this is gonna, you're going to be shocked at yeah. this as a cultural thing. It's a thing. really good idea as and well. It is. It is. Bear in mind that this is a Japanese take. Mm-hmm. So it's not exactly the same as stuff you're used to in the UK, but fish and chips. Have you ever heard of that? No, Who'd imagine never. that? Fish with chips. Who'd, who'd have thought about it? It's crazy. Cra- and it's potato. Potato <laughs> and fish. And fish is battered and stuff. It's crazy. Oh, it's mental. It's world-changing, that is. It is world-changing. So if you're in the UK and you want to try a significantly Japanese dish... Mm-hmm. Fish and chips. Maybe get yourself a shop on the high street to sell it to the public. Yeah, maybe. Maybe call it a chip shop. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's another great ideas. While you're at it, think of a double cheeseburger with bacon. Just double it up. What mm-hmm. P had, which is very rare, to give you a new gimmick, double it up. So it's a double cheeseburger with bacon. I don't know if you know what bacon, bacon double is. cheeseburger. Or that. Mm-hmm. You could bake it, I suppose. You could. Yeah. So moving on. So we had a fantastically adventurous Nobody and- cares what I ate. <laughs> no, no one. No one. We're not going to even talk about you because you'll ruin everything. What did you have? I had a carbonara. A what? Carbonara. What's that? Explain it to everyone at home. It has mushrooms and courgette and green pepper in it. See, we're already completely lost. <laughs> and what else does it have? So your typical standard Italian carbonara then? Yeah. Yes, typical. What else does mm. it have with it though? Did it have any other things in ingredients? Yeah, it had lardons. Or lard offs. Yeah, like bacon cubes. 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 
And was there anything else in that? Like the main ingredient, maybe? Pasta. Oh, there you go. Hey. What kind of pasta was it? Spaghetti. Was it? No, sure? it was linguine. It was linguine. <laughs> now, if you don't know what that is, it all sounds a little bit Italian to you, especially the green peppers. I feel like and the I'm crochet. on a quiz show. Well, we kind of are, because like, unless we address this, you are going to ruin everything about what we did today. So anyway, as Pete's choking in the corner, because obviously he's feeling like, well, you know, when you have exotic food, it does... Yeah, yeah. It does. It I wasn't drives. used to it at all. No, you weren't. You've never had these things. It's nope. it's a bit of a gamble, you know. So mm. anyway, we left. I normally have a salad. Yeah, I know. Mm. Yeah, a salad. Um, and a look on Wynn's face there. Well, a salad of sorts. Yeah. You know, like... Uh, so in fact, there was lettuce on the burger. There was, and you did eat it. I did. Which I was very impressed with. Mm-hmm. I was. You, you threw your tomatoes on the floor. Though, yeah, they can shut off. Yeah, exactly. You literally frisbeed them in someone's face. Yeah. I really appreciate it. I Just have seen that done before. But you... <laughs> <laughs> at uni. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy wasn't happy at all, I will point we, out. We all have someone <laughs> that usually does that in, yeah. our, in our company, yes. So, um, moving along from that extremely rare lunch of ours. Mm-hmm. Breakfast. Lunch. Breakfast lunch. <laughs> we uh, we started filming, and we did a nice synergy actually because the end scene is very reminiscent of the first scene that we did all those many years ago. Seemingly now, it was mm-hmm. a long time ago in Hong Kong weeks because we're on obviously ahead of the United Kingdom and very much ahead of the USA. It does time moves faster here, mm-hmm. and so a week is actually ten years. You know, it's it's quite an incredible thing. So we've actually had multiple decades making this series. Yeah, yeah. In, I don't in that think notion. that's how time zone works. I think it's exactly... I think you need to go back to school. Uh, yeah. And you will if you ever go back to the UK. You'll be young again and yeah. spry. And you'll have gained all of those years that you've lost in a week in Hong Kong. So what it was is, like, it does feel like we've done this epic journey and we're closing down now. We have one mm-hmm. more filming uh, day left before series two is done, wrapped not edited. We still have that mountain to <laughs> climb, but that will happen after Pete's left us, unfortunately, and gone back to um, killing unicorns. Yes. So, basically, before Wynn says anything to ruin anything, she's thinking about it. She really is. We did have one issue whilst filming, didn't we? Did we? Yes, because we asked oh, for yes, managerial... We, uh, we asked for the well, managerial... we had two issues, actually. Yeah. We wanted it greenlit by management. Yeah. That's what I was trying to say, but I kept saying managerial for some reason. We wanted the AOK because we're, we're, you know, we're professionals. Yeah. We want the AOK. I think they thought we were tourists taking a few pictures. Mm. So when we actually got all of our stuff up, you know, we're, we're basically hooked, Pete and I, to a generator the size of Gibraltar. It's massive. <laughs> and you basically, and you know, that's us being on. I don't know why it sounds like a glass of water being poured. But apparently it does. So anyway, <laughs> it's a water cooled generator. Yeah, it is. It, yeah. Well, don't you have those? Oh, they're so cool. It's hydroelectricity, baby. Anyway, so like, well, that's not right, actually. Austin Powers. To be honest, that's not a good combination. Water and electrics. <laughs> don't do that. Um, my mate Dave in Liverpool right now is probably going to say, "Yeah, I agree. I'm actually an electrician. That's a bad combination." Never make toast in the bath. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And if you're gonna do it. Uh, right. Where the right safety equipment? Excuse me. <laughs> where the right safety equipment? So anyway, moving back and get my teeth firmly fixed in because I have got heat stroke again. That's why I'm a bit crazy. Um, yes, we had a bit of a management managerial thing because we have like mics hooked up. Then Wynn's got the camera and we're all set up, ready to rock and roll. And obviously, it then looks like we're filming. You know that scene in Gone with the Wind that everyone knows uh, where you're in a place in Hong Kong. So um, randomly. It's in most movies. There's always a play like Transformers. Or why they in Hong Kong? But they were. So uh, what we are is we're here. We then see, I think probably the floor manager having words of her, and she sheepishly comes up and she's like, "This is just for a tourism, right?" And we're like, "Yeah, I guess so." <laughs> guess what this? So we we ended up having to sort of improvise the thing. Well, she she said, "This is not a large scale thing, is it?" Oh, we should have said, you know, that's an artistic license. And I said, well, it's just for YouTube. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which it is. Which yeah. it is. But what what I gotta say is like, yes, it's for YouTube. But five seconds later, ninjas were flying out the windows. We had an Apache helicopter. <laughs> most of the most of the top was blown up by napalm. We had done that overnight, so she was a bit stunned. Seemingly, we had to move on quite quickly mm-hmm. after we wrapped the scene. Because it was starting to get a bit Tom Cruise Mission Impossible 4. 
Pete was scaling the building at this time. It has to be pointed out. He was trying to beat the stunt that Tom Cruise did in one of Mission Impossible films, where yeah, he's free right. climbing outside. I think it was in Dubai. And we wanted to do something similar in Langham Place for no reason. For no reason it's not, whatsoever. It's not on the show at all. It's not. Unfortunately, we didn't it. film it. So, no, yeah, you won't see me doing it. You just wanted to do mm-hmm. it. It's going to have to take my word for it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And as someone that knows that a unicorn slayer never lies. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, we all know many unicorns exist in this world. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm actually going to start doing wristbands. What would the unicorn slayer do? Well, you should. But mm. you shouldn't tell anyone that. Because now someone else is going to do it. Probably in China. Probably. Very quickly. Yeah. In fact, they can probably hear us from They from literally there. do. I mean, they're hearing everything right now. Yeah. And uh, they're friends of ours. We mm. like the Chinese. We do. All Chinese. Every form of Chinese from any side of the border. We like them all. Uh, yes, moving on. So, oh, you want to say something, Win? No, she doesn't want to say something. something for us again? She was about to, but she's not going to. So, right after that, we then did a walk down to our uh, bus stop to get to the next level, which is the intro to the third series, folks, which was exciting because it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Fun ending. Good ending. Good synergy. We didn't mention the uh, the other mall management. Who uh, were taking pictures of Wynn. Oh, that that was on the way down. So mm. we wrapped up filming our scene. We got everything cleared. And on our walk down, because we had left Wynn in a nearby alleyway within the mall, basically being our human antenna. Yeah. Because she's receiving, we're doing a lot of wireless um, oh, yeah. mics. I, re- I was recording sound. Yeah, yeah. I was just checking the levels. Yeah. And, and of course. My headphones are massive. Yes, exactly. And you were carrying 65 and bags. Was, yeah, yeah, you literally are walking one person crew. <laughs> and what's, what's, what's interesting, folks, is when you're actually filming, when you're in character and stuff like this, you're so into it. You don't think of how unusual it is mm. for a girl to be sat there with what looks like 12 battery packs around her waist <laughs> that could charge a radio station with headphones listening to something that most people wouldn't know what it is, but it could be scanning for, like, I don't know, lock codes or something like this. So Wynn looked like she was a one-person Ocean's Eleven scene, mm. and obviously that raised a few flags, didn't it? I mean, in hindsight, it could have been... Because I said that... Because she asked me what I was doing. She took a picture. She showed me the picture of me going, like, looking at the, the sound um, recorder going, uh, what are you doing? <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'm just recording sound. Like, I'm recording you guys talking, basically, which is the truth. And... Uh, in hindsight, it could have been interpreted like I was spying on someone, maybe. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and until she realized that Wynn was part of our team, we feigned. We actually feigned we didn't know her for a while, didn't we, Pete? We we, we, we tried to run off. Yeah, because she came up kind of panicked with the security guard who didn't speak a lot of English. Nope. And so Pete and I were like, who's that? Crazy. Who's that little girl with all that stuff? That's weird. Well, you'd never see that in a mall. Of course, at this point, we had mounted cameras on our heads, so yes. we did look a little <laughs> weird ourselves. But that seemed to be okay with her. They were That's, okay with yeah, you guys. Yeah, they were totally fine that Pete and I had mounted cameras on our heads. That's normal. Looking like miners in a shopping mall. Very different. Um, but anyway, yeah, I think it's, again, it's the white privilege card. I think we need to understand, Pete. We have a white privilege of anywhere. They expect Western tourists to look like idiots. I think. Well, I think it is. I think it's a a jurisdictional thing that because you're white, you get away with most things because it could be cultural in inverted Mm -hmm. commas. You know, like we all do this in England. Oh yeah, like they must just go to malls with cameras fixed Mm. on their heads. Obviously, everyone does back there. They're strange. Why would you eat cheese? That's weird. You know what I mean? (laughs) Stuff like that. So, uh, and anyway, eventually she sort of said goodbye to us all very abruptly <laughs> on the uh, lower deck, so to speak. And we had freedom again, yes. didn't we? And we were free to do whatever we want after that. So after that, um, basically wrapping up, going down the mall, which takes at least a year because it's so big, <laughs> uh, we got out back into the streets. At this point, it was pretty busy. Mm-hmm. So Moncock had kicked off to old school, which was good to see because it was quite empty the first time we went. So it's good to see that people are feeling safe. I think it is because it's the final day before the apocalypse right now. So it's it's all good. And so everyone's just like, hmm, pretend like nothing's happening. And then tomorrow everything borders up and, you know, it's what it is. But we went then to the ladies' market. Now, it's not what you think when you say ladies' market. Unfortunately. You don't go I had there. all these images in my yeah, head. You did. Uh, Pete did think that he was going to buy a few ladies. Not, not in a way you're thinking of. 
But as permanent fixtures in his life, as mm -hmm. slaves, he thought that that was possible. We had to say, no, it's possibly named that because it's basically a place for ladies to buy stuff. Mm -hmm. It's basically the old dating thing where you take your boyfriend who's really rich, or probably not, but says he is, and you say, <laughs> can I have that, can I have that, can I have that, can I have that. By the end of it, you're in Beverly Hills with 1,200 shopping bags carrying mm -hmm. them, right? So here it's not quite that glamorous. It's actually more of a kind of... Camden Market, you said. Yeah. Camden Market. Very similar. But a street or like 16 blocks long. Yeah. You know. And it's really cool, man, because you, you find a lot of stuff there that's really quite unique. There's mm. a lot of fake imitation stuff. We yeah. had about three people asking if we want to watch. <laughs> we like to point out we've got a phone with a perfectly good one on it. Um, it's kind of cool. What was the most interesting thing? Because I actually thought you actually stopped at a store that I've seen several thousand billion times before. Not that I've been there before or anything, but I have seven thousand billion times. <laughs> this one place sold a lot of racing driver apparel, like the guys. Oh yeah, it's all the F one. Um, I mean, I, I I don't think they were real. Of course they weren't, mm. but they look pretty convincing. But they were rather cool. Yeah, it's all the um the team the team jackets and yeah, shirts and all yeah. that kind of thing. And I, I've seen something similar in Spain mm. actually. Like in Spain, you get in all the leather shops, you get leather jackets kitted out to look like that. This was very close to mm. that quality well, as well. I've been to the Nürburgring, so I've seen the official ones. Yeah, of course. Um, and a friend of mine had one from Spa. He had the, the, the Red Bull racing jacket. Yeah. Which set him back about £200, I think. That's crazy. These it's weren't, not cheap these stuff. Weren't that, were these around that price? or? I don't think we got around to asking a price, actually. No, we didn't. I think nah. that you can haggle there. It's a very yeah. big haggling market, which is pretty amazing. Think of a Morocco spice market. But with stuff. Because we've all been to, to Moroccan with. spice markets, haven't Win we? Winifred is the only one of us that has. <laughs> I've seen pictures. But, you know, it's that kind of thing you can yeah. haggle. You can, you know, It's like a flea market in yeah. Spain or something like this. So, basically, like, it's kind of fun because out there you get, you, you know, you get some really novel T-shirts. Actually, a lot of stuff that's sold in Venice Beach in California, but reprinted and rebranded in Hong Kong. It's, it's quite an interesting place, ladies' market. Mm -hmm. so kind of more stuff that's sort of every day. There's a lot of handbag stuff, I've got to yeah. be honest. I've Lots never seen handbags. that so much, yeah. A lot of uh, cheap electronics, mm -hmm. like yeah, wires and you know, USB yeah. sticks yeah. and whatnot. Yeah, they had all the um, the character USB sticks, yeah. didn't they? So like your Marvel characters and whatnot. Yeah, like Batman, yeah. whatever. They had a lot of what we saw was the little keyring uh, key shields, like uh, yes, Captain America's shield and Spider-Man had a shield apparently even though he doesn't in the comic books. Uh, you know, and then Iron Man's hand, that was like a USB that was, thing. That was a lighter. That was a lighter. You that was the that. USB lighters that absolutely destroy my ears. Was it like a photon thing? So it lights in the hand. Essentially, when you press it, instead of getting a flame, yeah. you get a little bit of electricity. Oh, right, So right, you right, see right. like a line of electricity yeah. which lights your cigarette. Oh. Mm. That's kind of cool. But I missed that. They yeah. don't affect everybody, but I hear a high-pitched keening noise. That is because you're part canine. Yes. <laughs> so that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. But just before... I thought I was just barking mad. Well, you you, you are that too. Yeah. Uh, you are part tree. So <laughs> what? what we got to go forward here is... because we're in, Yeah, because we're in a market. And because you never know, you might be in the F1. What did you say? The nerdy ring. The Nürburgring. That's the <laughs> The nerdy ring. That's right. So you might be there, you might find yourself there, and you might find yourself needing some apparel that you could just can't find. You just can't find anywhere else, except for this one place in Hong Kong, and it's not the ladies' market. And it's market. not the ladies' market. Yes. But I'm sure in the future it'll be there. Maybe, who knows? If it's, you know, if they can't on. There's a pun in that. Uh, so basically, what it is is... <laughs> We're sponsored, obviously. We've said this for quite a while now. We are sponsored by an amazing company from Hong Kong, part of the Teespring community, that is Hobo Baits. They've set us up with all our T-shirts. You're going to see it in Series 2. You might even see it in Series 3. We just don't know. You might, need, you might even see it all over, over Billboards. 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 Baggins, yeah. You might see it anywhere. You might see Brad Pitt wearing it. You might see your local neighbor's dog wearing it. I just don't know, because all of this stuff you can wear if you're a guy, a girl, or anything in between. That's Hobo Bait. And you can go there now and buy loads of stuff because it's awesome at teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash Hobo Bait. You really want to say something, Wynn? Go for it. No. 
she doesn't want to say something that's nice <laughs> no we're cool because we we just sort of wrapped up today and we've, we've been trying new uh designs out that we haven't mm -hmm. seen before so each time it's kind of an adventure you open it up and you don't know what you're wearing you have to make it work to the episode i like the shirts today the, the yeah. ones today were great we had two covers because mm -hmm. obviously we had the nod back to macau for continuity folks and then we had the new one today which was a surprise yeah very cool fun man it's going to be good you'll actually see that on a teaser what we wore mm -hmm. they're just a great company really cool really cool in hong kong and it's got something like this teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash hoverbait go there now spend like crazy so moving along we kind of came out we were at yamate then because the ladies market f finishes sort of at the foot of yamate and you had to go to the cinema didn't you yeah, I had to stop at the uh, Broadway Cinematheque. The Cinematheque. Yes. Yes. Cinematheque. That's Cinematheque. what it's called. It's because they come up with technology for Broadway cinemas, obviously. It's the main branch for the Broadway cinemas chain, but it's also the art cinema. Yeah, it's kind of a, it's an unusual place. In Moncock, everything's built up like crazy. So like Manhattan. And then there's one bit, it becomes a community, like an estate. And at the foot of that community is this huge cinema that looks like it's probably an original 70s cinema where Bruce Lee stuff played for the first time. But they've redone it. And the there's a bookshop attached to it. And there's also a DVD store. The DVD store, I have to say, is the most eclectic bunch of stuff I've never heard of I've ever seen. Yeah. It was really random. It's like eclectic world cinema. It really is. Like, it is world cinema, but it's not... It doesn't feel complete. It's you know? kind of like mainstream <laughs> stuff, random stuff in bits. Of, like it was really weird. Like mm. you'd have something you've never heard of coming out of Japan or Hong yeah. Kong, Korea, or something like this, as well as France. Well, there was one called um, something weird. I pointed out to uh, Pete something like the inside or something, just weird. And then next to that, Dark Knight Rises, and we've all heard of that. <laughs> I did see Night at the Museum there as well. So yeah, Night at the Museum got some good taste. So, well, yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, everyone knows how. Art film, yeah, you know, well, it was, it involved art, yeah, it's the museum, you know, of course, obviously, yeah, so uh, I guess it makes sense, but it was eclectic, really ecle mm. eclectic and strange. I will say that I did quite like, was it an actual bookstore mm. on the other side and cafe, and cafe mm. yeah, yeah, because it seemed like, I mean, I picked up one of the books and it had it had no price on it and it had a rubber cover. Mm. So it seems to me like when you're having your, your, your cafe or whatever, you can just pick up a yeah, book and I think probably. That, yeah, I think they're promoting that. Mm. I think that's... Uh, it's a really cool idea. Yeah, it's a really cool idea because it's... And it's good that it's rubber covered because you never know what people have done with their hands. But the, the <laughs> thing is, yeah, you know. Uh, so the thing that I like... And it was a good topic, that book, wasn't it? Because it's how to stab someone in the face in a coffee shop when I yeah. least expect it, which is always good if you want a free coffee. Yeah, uh, the guy next to me gave me a weird look when I picked that up. Yeah, he did. He did, yeah. Because he, he was reading it before you grabbed it off him. So yeah. anyway, the point is, to me, it kind of looked like if anyone's from London or spent a bit of time in London way back when, so going back to early 2000s, mid-2000s, there was a really famous shop, Foils, for foils, it wasn't for foils. It was just foils. Didn't stutter. It still Should've. exists. Yeah, it does it exist, but they've renovated it. They've yeah. made it more like borders or something like this that yes, you used to have. Yeah. They've kind of made it a kind of funky alternative to water stones or any old stone. But basically, <laughs> when it was originally, it was kind of special, really special. And it was all eclectic, thrown together. It felt like you were going to a hippie commune. It was amazing. Mm. So the, the coffee shop there was very much low-key everyone yeah. was doing whatever they wanted there was these huge cakes and stuff it was just eclectic mess it was like a library with no rulership <laughs> it was amazing but then they turned it into this thing that it wasn't mm. so it's kind of all siphoned out smaller place shrunk it down it's more corporate it's now. A different atmosphere yeah it's a way that it was like a book it's like any old bookshop now it's like a modern bookshop but this place in Yamate was a throwback. It reminded me of that place right. very much straight up because mm. the books didn't make sense at all. They're just like random stuff, like how to throw a cake at someone's face. You know, it's like <laughs> the novel, you know, like who reads that? It's the kind of place where you don't go with a book in mind. Mm. You're going to like check out what's there and then be interested. In, I think you know. it's when you're an absolute academic renegade. And you completely disband from the old, you must read these 50 books before you die. Mm. And go to, I must read the 50 most irrelevant books before <laughs> I die. Like, flies without wings. Discuss. You I know. Think, I think the closest thing we've got in Birmingham is the Weatherspoons on Broad Street. Yeah. Which, which also has equally, quite a book collection. It there. does, it does. Really? It yeah. does, yeah. 
which I'm assuming nobody has ever read. But that's because the in-house security gets you to read a paragraph if you're absolutely paralytic. Which so most they, people in there are. It's kind of like, the, 12 o'clock it's kind of like the, the 1920s breathalyzer test. Yeah. Now, please quote for me for the first lines of 12th Light. <laughs> well, a quick tangent. Have you seen the video of the guy, again on Broad Street, um, at the, um, it's not Gatecrasher anymore, what is it? The one at uh, the end that yeah, used to the big be one at the Global end. Gathering. Yeah. Um, the works, and then it was no, something yeah, else. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was a long, long time, time ago. ago. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's been several yeah, thousand things. There's a security guard talking to a uh, obviously drunk guy, tells him he's going to do a breathalyzer test and gets him blowing into this thing. And uh, the guy keeps going and going and going. And it turns out it's this guy's walkie-talkie. Yeah, yeah. And the, and the drunk guy has just got no idea whatsoever. Yeah, that was you, wasn't it, Pete? It might well have been. <laughs> I don't remember it. No, but people have told you about it. Anyway, yeah. so, yeah, basically an amazing place. The uh, Someone said... After that, we curved back, went into the Jade sort of market area. Yep. The, the original one sort of shuts at an early time, but then there's a street that's basically quite amazing. And if you're mm. ever in Hong Kong and you want some really awesome stuff to take back, like a little statue of Guan Yin, which is uh, Buddha or a Buddha, any of this sort of stuff, or a collection of, of really cool carvings in Jade, that's the area for it. Mm. An amazing place. And it's quite sad to see it's really empty now because of obviously everything that's going on. It's mm. quite in a lot of businesses. Yeah. But it was pretty cool, man. It's it's good to show you these areas because that's a very historical part of Hong Kong, isn't it? That area. Yeah, uh, Shanghai Street and those streets parallel to it, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shanghai Street is most famous for like uh, cooking utensils, like yeah. chopping boards yeah, yeah, yeah. and knives and stuff like yeah. that. Like, well, we've been there quite a lot yeah. as people who live here. It, like when you are local here, you know these famous areas. But as a historical area, it's really relevant. Like a lot of the buildings there mm. were like nineteen forties. Yeah. Sort of when the first people started moving into Hong Kong. Yeah, there's also there. that um, famous opera house, opera yeah, house yeah, that yeah. I pointed out. Yeah, which has mm-hmm. had a lot of renovation, mm-hmm. but they're actually running youth opera. Mm-hmm. So they're actually treating it like a school yeah. of performing arts, which I, I'm really glad to see stuff like that mm-hmm. because it means that they're keeping the culture alive. So they had a youth opera performance coming up or something like this i saw which is great to see mm. it's kind of like the relevance of kabuki yeah. in japan otherwise it'll just be a lost art yeah it will mm. and we don't have a lot of this stuff left in the uk we used to have things akin to this we now it's all rep theaters and youth theaters we have a lot of that but not anything historically protected you know like cantonese opera is a design thing and stuff you got the globe well, mm-hmm. it, well, we've got Shakespeare, let's be honest. Yeah. Shakespeare is no, our we version have, of We haven't got him anymore. He died a, oh, a no, while ago. Oh, no, he's still ago. in Stratford. He's just very, very buried. Yeah. That's the, that's yeah. the thing. He hasn't been writing much recently, he, has he? <laughs> not for many moons. Mm. Uh, but you can go and see him if you pay one pound. That's what we realised. That's actually true, yes. Yeah. 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 Not not like literally. You, you guys went it. looking for him? Yeah, we did. In season one. Didn't we send you in to look at him? We, we are, well, what we did was we sent Shaq and Wynn. Yeah. Who are the most unlikely people to go into that place to check out if we could actually film in there. Mm-hmm. And they were like, of course you can, but you have to pay, you know, whatever to the church, you know. A it's, donation. Yeah, a donation, which could be... A voluntary donation. Of course. But someone's standing there and... No. Yeah, yeah, someone's Not letting you exactly, <laughs> exactly. But we'd all have to pay it, I think. And the, the point <coughs> at this point is a very cramped area, a lot of tourists. And we just thought this is a very inappropriate thing to film yeah. a dude's <laughs> coffin. I took a selfie, you did, <laughs> yeah, you did. Off Shakespeare, shaky, yeah. <laughs> what, what was their reaction when you jumped into the coffin and opened it up? When I just want to know, but I okay with that. I just so we can that. tell a tourism like Shakespeare had a big grin on his face at least I don't I'm not sure he can anymore <laughs> he didn't have honest. much else on it I'm pretty sure he's powder <laughs> by now dude so anyway like amazing it's the Trinity Church in Stratford if you're ever there go there check it out or not it depends if you're squeamish or not and you're okay opening coffins but Wynn does that all the time so anyway moving <laughs> along we went from the bazaar and it was pretty bizarre. as far as bazaars go how bizarre it was pretty bizarre like wasn't it and that's, if you say it correctly, it's bizarre. Because <laughs> there's a lot of A's in it. And you sound like you're from Lancashire. Bizarre. You see what I'm saying? It's kind of like what a B sounds like if they've hit your bizarre. You know, anyway, so oh, I've just killed the crowd, kids. Uh, so we move on from this. That's all it takes. That's all it takes to murder your crowd. Bizarre. So we move on from there. Where did we go next? Anyone remember? Take a breath because you've been laughing. So, yeah. 
Didn't we go to the actual ladies' market after that? We went to Temple Street. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's, thank you for telling me. Temple Street. Now, I'm just going to set this up. Temple Street's quite a lot like ladies' market, but it's notorious for other mm. things. And it's actually older, I think. They've got the designated pagodas, haven't they, either side of it? Yeah, the gates. Yes, mm. very cool. Mm. And as you go up to this place, and you see that it's Temple Street, it's written clearly in four languages on top. Well, just one. <laughs> With uh, English subtitles. No. So as you look in, as you look into either side of it, interestingly, Indian food, Thai food, pretty good place, street foodie, Thailand, mm-hmm. Dai Pai, that one. Dai Pai Dong. There you go, tapas bars, but external. <laughs> I just making words up. As you go to left and right, so you got a lot of Thai, a lot of spicy foodie stuff. Pete's first observation was there's also a lot of ladies at night there. And it wasn't even night. And as you could see, like uh it's just blatantly obvious, it's yeah. that area, yeah. you know. As as you kind of come into it, like it is ladies' market, it's all repetition. So whatever's in flavour to sell, you know, mm. whatever the thing is to sell that year or that part of the year or something, they're selling it. It's mostly handbags and weird designs, stuff like cyberdog handbags and things like this, bags and t shirts and stuff. It's all rep- repeated. It's kind of very similar. A lot of souvenirs as well. Yeah, yeah, a lot of sort of things that you... Yeah, like fridge magnets. Top which sticks. We were looking at, yeah. Mm-hmm. Fans. Those weird uh, USB sticks and all that stuff. And as we were going down there, uh, I was going there faster and light uh, because <laughs> I'm not a big fan of the area. I want to just add a note that Temple Street is a night market as well. So it actually only opens like five thirty or six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there were still quite a few empty stalls when mm. we were working down, uh, walking down, wasn't there? It goes on till late as yeah. well. How late? Um, I think the latest that we walked down was like half twelve one, when maybe half the street was closing up. Yeah. So yeah. I would say, uh, twelve thirty, is kind of the end of it. Yeah, yeah, and it's also seasonal. It will change, and because of all the stuff that's mm-hmm. going on, it might change again. Yeah. But it's very, it's always busy. Mm-hmm. It's always full of locals or anyone. Anyone's down there. A lot of um, a lot of tourists, mm-hmm. which is kind of yeah. cool to see. A lot of tourists from around the world. It's good to see that. But it is for me. It's not a place I want to be, honestly, because I've never been a fan. Of flea markets anyway, or something like this. I'll go if I'm specifically after something, but I don't really like going there. I'm the opposite. I love markets. I know. Yeah. Yeah. But you're I'm also not a target there because you kind of blend in. But we're a target because everyone, <laughs> everyone thinks we're loaded and we we'll want something stupid like, you must get this picture of yourself done in 3D printing. Or slippers that look like fish. Yeah. That or, was weird. Yeah. Or, yeah. or some kind of novelty, something. Insoles. Insoles, insoles. yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what they were. Because you, you, you put your feet in them. Uh, as we move along, so we get through Temple Street, and it was a cool experience for you, right? Yeah, yeah. Because you, have you seen anything like that in that way? Because again, it's an icon here. It's one of the top icons of this area. I've been, I've been to a few similar places yeah. around the world. Yeah. I mean, it's, market it's, markets are markets generally. They are. It, it is. It's kind of like it's really like if you're in Birmingham right now. It's mm-hmm. kind of like the boring. It's kind of like that, but all over the street. Yeah. You know, in, in every way, it's like that. Because there's a lot of Indian spicy stuff and fish and chips around there, too. Well, they don't get shouted at as much in the in the boring markets. Yeah, and you don't get to haggle as much in the boring markets. No. So it's it's kind of, it's just interesting. It's, it, it is like that. But it's it's got a unique flavor. The, the mm. thing that I like about the Hong Kong Temple Street, the only thing I like is the identity and the cleverness. Mm. There's always something very Hong Kong and very clever every time you go there. And it's worth, like, for me, like I said, I don't like being out in hot places. I don't like being in amongst a million people. <laughs> and I also, um, I'm just not a fan of just stuff, you know? Stuff at all. Just, <laughs> I, I'm specific, because it's the Virgo tendency of just, I know what I want, and I'm going there to get it. A quick nod out to Duncan. Duncan's the same as me. The only time Duncan's different is if it's in a bookshop. And then he's really a connoisseur mm. of everything. He'll he'll be there for a while, which was a pleasure to see that. Mm. But it, it, we both like Duncan and I got the same temperament. We're not. I don't mind the crowds. lots of people. Well, it's it's yeah, it's it's either something you like, yeah. or it's something I mean, you for don't. For me, sometimes I'll actually take a detour and deliberately walk through the markets, the market streets. 
because, as you said, things change over time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It actually really helps me see what the trends are, what what's catching on, what's not. For sure. Um, actually, Temple Street's quite interesting because we got quite a few props there. So well, actually, things. we got more things from Ladies Market. Yeah, but like costumes. But they're both like. similar. And mm. one thing that I will say, especially if you're an aspiring film maker in Hong Kong, for props or for clothing costume, it's perfect as a place. Because the quality of this stuff is pretty good. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. But it's also, you know, relevant styles and things of the moment and stuff like this. It's cool. And I appreciate it. It's better in winter for me. When the, when the heat's gone, the people are gone, and there's no more tourists. And I'm the guy that's left, and everyone's like, why are you here still? <laughs> You're meant to have gone. Why, why are you Father Christmas? And I'm like, I'm working on it. So anyway, we got through Temple Street, and then it was kind of about time to turn ship and head towards our final filming destination of the day. So we went on, and I haven't been on this line for a long time, the Red Line, which was the original MTR line. Yes, before, the Chun line. Before the West Rail was put in. Yeah. And it's a faster train. It's more modern. It's bigger and all this stuff, the West Rail. This is the old school one, a bit like the London Underground, a bit more like it. Very similar to the sort of trains you'll see in Japan, the metro systems of Japan and stuff like this. We literally went on at rush hour. Mm-hmm. And I had been telling Pete this for a while. At rush hour, things get a bit different. And rush hour lasts for about six hours. Oh, it does. Yeah, it starts at around six, six, five, six. Yeah, five, five. And it goes six. on till about ten. Mm-hmm. So... We literally started it, and literally the doors opened up, and we're all like, man, I should have had lettuce for lunch. Yes. I? Just just lettuce, forget the burger. Mm-hmm. It was mental. We actually waited after the first round, didn't we? Because we, we were not getting on that first well, one. It's an interesting thing, right? Because I've been in London at mm. rush hour, especially at Christmas and stuff like this, and it is packed, okay? Yeah. The underground gets packed. But it's still spacious. It's almost like a stretch limo compared to Hong Kong's rush hour, mm-hmm. which is nuts. Yeah. You are getting far too friendly with far too many people all at once. It's one of those situations. But it's also interesting how the turnover happens there. Because mm-hmm. like every two stops, a lot of people leave. Yeah. If you come back on and you're playing yo-yo in positions. So you have to be very... It's This is great if you're an aspiring football manager. You have to be very tactical with formations. It's human Tetris. Yes. It is human it is. Tetris. Mm-hmm. And it's also... Right, I'm going to take the quickest diagonal left to get in that position now before that person takes it, right? So we essentially yeah. shoved you in a corner, didn't we? Well, you. this is the thing that I find interesting. It doesn't take long before everyone, and I mean everyone, including local people who have never met me in their life, are like, get in the corner. And I'm like, what did I do? What did I do wrong? I've got that kind of You've face. you got that face, yeah. I've got that face, yeah. So I'd be dead in the Blair Witch Project, folks, mm-hmm. uh, early on. Uh, and yeah. I was carrying 10 bags, so I was in the way yeah. as well. At this point... In width and girth, we were all around the same size. So that made it interesting. We, it we was... all stood around the one pole as well, weren't we? We were. We were. Um, like Got budding it. budding, very eager pole dancers mm. with a crush of about 60,000 people to either well, side I had of a monopod sticking out of the bag, so I was trying really hard not to knock <coughs> someone out as well. Yeah. A monopod is a single-legged pod, for those who don't know, and it's pod. telescopic. It's very good. It's just a pod. pod. It's a pod you can live this in This is it. a pod. It is a pod. It's a podcast. I actually think hey. we should rename it. See this thing. Everyone does a podcast. I think ours is actually more of an oddcast, and that's what I'm going to call it. Delete the p. Welcome to our oddcast. So, crush hour, as I like to call it, because that's more accurate. <laughs> yeah. By the time we got to Chin One, and we could breathe out again. Mm-hmm. We're back in familiar territory then. You, you're actually a big fan of that area like me, aren't you? You, you yeah, had a yeah. lot of excitement at the electronic store. We've obviously talked about that. And what we I, love were, the, I love them all. They're yeah, rather cool. They are. They, they, I mean, they're very unique. They're yeah. very unique. They're, they're very something super different, and they're all linked. And these are the real sort of the start of Hong Kong malls as mm-hmm. well. This is like 40s, 50s, and plus. Yeah. So I haven't changed much. There's something familiar about that area, isn't it? There's something very English about it that you can't put your finger on, I think. I do know what you mean. It, it, yeah. it kind of... I mean, I wasn't that old when the old bull ring was open. Exactly. But I've got the idea that it was similar to that. Yeah, yeah, very much. Mm. In, in vibe. You're absolutely right to remember that. It was. Uh, the older people of the, the group, like myself, Yeah. and, and <laughs> you know, the senior citizens of this room, we can tell you that it was very, very similar to the bull ring. It is. Yeah. And, and it's also... It's just nice because it's very friendly. It's very mm. real. There's no jazz and there's no glamour. It's just normal. Yeah. I, think, you know? I think the best way to describe it is instead of having 
you know, your normal shopping market with shops next to each other. It's essentially small garages. Yeah. Yeah. That's little, what it little, is. Little hovels. With yeah. your little, sh- you know, pull the shutters up and there's your shop. You kind of yeah. see, I mean, honestly, you kind of still see this in certain areas of London too. Mm-hmm. Like uh, there's sort of East End or there's places near Leicester Square and stuff. The outside bit where you see the mobile phone shops. Mm-hmm. That's the sort of thing we're talking yeah, yeah. about. But tucked away. Smaller and condensed. Yeah, yeah. yeah but multiplied. really small because yeah. it's Hong Kong. Yeah. So what was interesting this time, though, is we took the train. We came out the other side of it. Mm-hmm. And we actually went. And everyone's going to freak out about this. Because we were going to film it. But then we thought, we can't spoil you too much. So you've heard of a cat cafe, haven't you, Pete? I have. But you've never heard of a panda hotel. Have you, Pete? Not until today, I hadn't. Now, this is something I'm going to say to all of you crazy vegetarians and vegans out there about cruelty to animals. Pandas, which have been saved, and thank God they have because they're lovely things, have their own hotel, and they run it themselves. Mm -hmm. And people don't understand how intelligent these animals are. The panda hotel is run by pandas, or the clientele of pandas. There is a mall for pandas beneath it. It has Starbucks for pandas. They call it Panda Place. And if you're human, they pay to see you from the outside. You're not allowed to communicate with the pandas because, obviously, they don't like you. But, basically, that's what it is. It's just the world of pandas. So, you've heard of a cat cafe. We've talked about it briefly. This is the Panda Hotel. What was your thoughts? I think you're barely making sense. I think I'm well, barely making sense. it is a place sense. where you eat or sleep. So. <laughs> yeah. It is, it is. And it is uniquely... For pandas. If you ever get sure the opportunity... get shoots and leaves there as well. Yeah, I think so. But if you ever have the opportunity to visit Chinwon, and you're looking for a place to stay, this and is, you're a panda... This is actually not in Chinwon. No, it's not. It's, it's in it's Tai the... Wohao, which is one stop away from Chinwon. Right, but I can't say that. So I'm just going to say it's in Chinwon. It's very it's close to Chinwon. It's, it's pretty much borderline Chinwon. I'm going to say that. But... Anyway, it's very interesting. So if you're a vegetarian out there and you want something to do in Hong Kong where you want to see how intelligent, vegans will really love this. If you want to see how intelligent animals can be, they're operating their own hotel, folks. They're all in their tuxedos. They're, it's amazing to see it. I, I honestly thought it was a joke when I, I first heard about it, but it's actually real. Look it up. Anyone who wants to look it up, look it up. Say Panda Hotel, where when? Next to I can't, one. Oh, yeah, next to <laughs> one. Panda Hotel in what region? Tai Wohao. And if you can spell that, you might be able to see what we're talking about. Anyway, it's interesting because the World Wildlife Fund is also funding it, isn't it? Isn't it, Pete? Yes, we, of course we, it is. We course it is. that. We yeah. reduced that. And close by is actually a monument to a panda on a Christmas train that we saw. We took a photograph. Yes, we did see that. Uh, we've got the photograph. No one else can see it. It's on a podcast. So anyway, again, if you don't believe us, all you vegans and vegetarians, have a look for the Panda Hotel at... Tai Wohau. There you go. And hopefully you can spell that. It's very simple, I'm sure. So moving on. So what was your impression of... Because you'd only seen the one area of the mall. Yeah, yeah. And then what's your impression of the top, you know, the other three <laughs> that link to it? Because it was quite unusual, that. Because we came in, and the first one used to, it's pretty much a schoolistic, yeah, like yeah. tutorial centre, art school. A lot of, and this is important to note, a lot of incredibly talented future manga and anime artists mm-hmm. are, are being made here in Hong Kong. Yes. Or they'll probably be the outsource for the stuff that's not as good as the Japanese animators, but they're definitely going to be something. But well, we've seen some great stuff in the windows at these we kind really of... have. You know, like serious level. Kids centres, essentially. Yeah. yeah. It's an amazing culture mm-hmm. because these kids are really happy to be there. You just look through the door and they're going mental inside. Yeah. But the talent that these things are producing... These things. <laughs> these things. They, they are things. I mean, yeah, these things. These things called institutions. Yeah. The talent that they're pumping out of these things, I think that's accurate, is quite incredible. I thought you were insane. I thought you meant the kids. No, no, no. They're not pumping out talent. What do you do? Wire them up to the ceiling. All right, kids, produce talent. Off you go, lads. Uh, yeah, no, oh. no. Okay. Because you two are mental, I'm just going to reiterate. The tutorial centers are producing massively talented results in their students okay are you happy with that yes 
because I don't know where your brains were going. You guys... <laughs> I think you were just showing your paternal side there. I was. These, These things. things. Well, yeah. Well, we like to call them children, I was but actually, okay. I was actually referring to the building, dude, and the actual <laughs> institute as things. But there you go. So I think you've shown your parental side. <laughs> so moving along, the first mall is that, and there's an art school, which has been there for quite a long time. It's actually a chain here. And there's other tutorial centres. After that, you get into the, the first of the mm. main three shopping malls. What was the biggest thing sold, in your opinion? Biggest? Like the most uh, sold item oh. in these three malls. Probably women's, clothes. women's clothes. Yeah, yeah <laughs> women's clothes. A lot of that. I, th I thought you were literally talking about the biggest thing. Oh, it could have been. Oh, well, you saw something quite big. Oh, the, you? Um, that you wanted to buy, but the shop was shut. Yeah, the um, we're, we're not sure what animal it was. It's either you an incredibly, maybe a bison. yeah, it looked like a buffalo to me, yeah. buffalo skull. But it was, it, I'm assuming it was just an ornament for the store because it had been kind of dressed up and everything, I and was like, rather. Cool. I think it was a replacement for a mannequin. Mm -hmm. So they were trying to go Texas Longhorn style, <laughs> yeah. you know, like basically just dress it up with scarves and stuff. Yeah, but it was quite random. It's either a buffalo. A bison, which you quite rightly could think it is. Or a very large goat. A massive goat yeah. is probably the demon lord. Who knows? Yes. But it was shut. So obviously Satanism's not doing too well in these here parts. <laughs> but basically... We're trying like, our best, though, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. We're trying to explain the name of our Dark Lord. Uh, we don't know it ourselves, because if you do, he'll appear. We don't want him to, because that's that's bad. Um, but actually, from that more, you kind of come out to the... Um, this is quite an important thing. Again, if you're in this area and one, and you get to this kind of area, which is near the Panda Hotel, all you got to do from the Panda Hotel is leave it and head towards West Rail and you'll get to this mall string. There's one place that's the regional cuisines of China. It's like um, a series of really mini, independent, privately run eateries, best way to say it, because some of them are kind of snack shops, some of them mm -hmm. are like legit restaurants. Very, very um, informal, very just chilled out, like a cafe. You know, like a typical English sort of breakfast cafe, you know. Mm. And the thing that I love about these things is it really educates you to how unique China is. Everyone thinks China is what they have in England or America, you know, Cantonese, some one dish with Sichuan, something <laughs> in it. It's, I mean, Sichuan's just a sauce in England, you know, and America. I haven't seen a single piece of prawn toast since I got here. Absolutely. And I'm hugely disappointed. <laughs> I can make you one. I know how to do it. Uh, I'll just order it from England. Uh, but Honestly, I don't think I've seen anything that you'll see in the closest I've seen is the Singapore noodles. Yeah, Singapore noodles. You have spring rolls mm. as well, but the ones yeah, here yeah. are just shrimp, which you really like. Um, yeah, they're so nice. Yeah, yeah. But I think there's there's a few sweet and sour. Mm. It's obviously a Cantonese dish. It's a staple. But yeah, it is very different. Yeah. Very different. Unless you go to Chinatown regions, like if you're in Birmingham. Yes. Liverpool, Manchester, whatever. You stick with Chinatown, there are things, more they're things. They're a lot more authentic. Yeah, there, there are more things that are here. But it's a whole different cuisine. Like mm -hmm. Cantonese is... Kind of a staple. Yeah. But then these places are really weird, like really out there, strange sort of different things that you don't get normally. No. And it's just an amazing thing to see, really, isn't it? Well, like, I really like the Beijing-Shanghai kind of cuisine where it's more like noodles and buns mm -hmm. rather than like rice dishes. Well, yeah, I mean, something like the, the pork buns that we've had, mm -hmm. you don't see anything like that in England. You can. You can find it, but it is You probably can, but in the, in the Chinese supermarkets. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, actually saying that, Morrison's do a good line of dim sum stuff. Mm. Yeah, frozen. Yeah, so yeah. Bring mm. a but home it, and you I think the thing that's important it. to say is like when you haven't been here, you're not you don't know what it is. Mm. Yeah. And then when you go back, you're like, oh my god, they've got that. Yeah. You know? And so everyone's like, oh yeah, they got that. But the important thing when when saying like Shanghai, Beijing, and Sichuan, which is a huge thing here now, it's like actually a big rise in it. That actually is cultural. You can find that in Birmingham now, mm. Red Hot. Yeah. And the thing about these things in, in Chinese cooking, Beijing, Shanghai, you see that all the time here. It's very popular here. Like there's loads of chains and different things. But it's these things like Hunan and different regions of China. Those cuisines Chiu are Chow. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Those cuisines are rare even here and they're amazing. They're just super different. So it's it's just really cool to explore. And in that part of the mall, it's all about that. Like everything's the unusual stuff. That you don't usually find hacker and all this sort of thing. So when you leave that mall, you're into the second one, which is mostly women's clothes. Mm -hmm. And there was a estate agents underneath. Yeah, a whole floor of them. <laughs> and then next to that was the main one that we usually go to. Yeah, the yeah. electronics are at the basement. 
And then the top one's kind of a repetition, women's clothes and stuff like that. And a doctor's, randomly. <laughs> a very <laughs> small doctor's. Appear, don't I? I do. And the thing about these doctors in the malls is they're kind of like, you can always tell they're a doctor because there's a curtain. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like they're operating. You walk in, there's a like a, literally a chair, like a normal everyday office chair or a <laughs> stall. You, that's your waiting room. And then you go into surgery, it feels like. <laughs> it's like, here you go, just come into my curtain. Come on through, we'll sort yeah, your yeah. liver out. And that's why it's curtains, so you don't yeah. actually see someone's face getting sawn off or something. I don't know. I mean, I'm not selling it very well, but I think they're very good at what they do. Because no one's... Well, I've never seen anyone exit one, so I don't know. Maybe they're not so good. <laughs> we have seen a lot of black bags coming out, though. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and a stretcher. <laughs> yeah, How do you fit that? a stretcher in there? I don't, I don't even know. know. It's not big enough. <laughs> Maybe it's telescopic. But what I'm thinking is, like, it's quite interesting as a culture. I've never seen that anywhere in mm. the world. But here, where you've got mall doctors. Yeah. It's very unique it's to Hong Kong. reflective of the healthcare system here because we have both private and public. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, the public healthcare system is pretty good. But because of the population, you know, there's going to be some pressure on the public healthcare system. And a lot of doctors actually earn a lot more in the private sector, which is, you know, that balance where... Yeah, similar in England, to be fair. Yeah. Pretty much the USA as well. Mm. Like, it's it's the <coughs> private thing. But the thing that's unique here is what I'm saying is that they have small yeah. venues if, if to have, offer, like, surgery. If you have the money to, like, open your own clinic, then that's kind of what a doctor wants to do. I, yeah. think, I think a good way of pointing a likeness to this is that in the USA, you have a lot of these lawyers that have like strip mall offices, which is unusual mm. for anywhere else in the world because lawyers usually have a huge office and a massive tower in most other places. But they have like a strip mall. You'll have Kmart and a lawyer. And then there's like, you know, <laughs> yeah. and then it's like, hmm, uh, uh, Chuck E. Cheese, a lawyer. Then you'll be in a mall and it'll be like, oh, look, it's McDonald's and a lawyer. It's kind of like that, but with doctors. But it's important to say, I'm joking about surgery. None of them are. They're specialists, no. like bone specialists yeah. or or something that you could, like a GP, but mm-hmm. split down into certain areas. You have to be good enough to uphold, you know. It's, oh, yeah. The reputation, yeah. Because the rent is so high. Yeah, 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 yeah. That you can't just... Yeah, like, it, yeah, these, these guys aren't quacks. Yeah. These guys are legit, like, but it's just funny to see. It. It's yeah. very unusual to see it, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's something you get used to very quickly, though. You kind of forget about it. Um, but kind of moving out of there, we sort of went back to the electronics, had a bit of a shop. I'm not going to say what we got. Uh, but we spent a, bit, <laughs> spent a bit of money again. Uh, we basically, like, we had a good time yeah, in Chilon. So after that, we went out... We found a. This is quite a sad story, actually, because when we done our last shoot, which is in the um, park, Chinwon Park Jockey Club Park, uh, it's an amazing place. Now, mm. if you ever go to this area again, you find this park. It's yeah. like stepping back in time six hundred years. It's called the Jockey Club Takwa Park. So it was actually donated by the Jockey Club to set up this area. Yeah. And it's literally a heritage site. Almost. It's really nice. It's, it's amazing. A, it's right in the middle. Of the urban area. Yeah. But it's a complete oasis, essentially. It's like a miniature, like people who've been to Japan. Now, look, I haven't gone there yet, but I'm (laughs) going very, very soon. The point is, like, I know a lot about it. Obviously, family, and I've researched it for years. The, The point is, in Japan, you've got the Central Park, and it's got the Royal Gardens, and everything is super old school, okay? And so you're surrounded by monolithic skyscrapers and, like, Blade Runner type technology. This is a micro version of that. It's like you walk in through a gate and you've been transported into a dynasty period. It's really Mm -hmm. incredible place. It really is. Just very tranquil. It's kind of like a simple version of what you can also find in Kowloon City. Yeah. Um, Yeah, yeah. Because when they tore down the walled city, the the old buildings, they converted it into a park. Yeah, yeah. It's a very good example of it. This is walled in all directions. It's got Mm -hmm. steel gate openings and shutting doors. It's it's but the thing that's special about this, and it's the first thing I noticed. Mm There is on the left hand side a whole series of chess boards, mm. not Western chess, because that would be strange. Chinese chess and Go and things like this, strategy mm. games that are famous here. And it was flocked out by old people. Yeah. Well, I say old people, it was of various ages, middle age to really old, so 80s or whatever. 
and it's so cool to see that everyone's mixed everyone's looking at strategies and trying to learn and stuff like this it's just a social gathering and what's important to say about hong kong in amongst all this craziness that's happening you still see that yeah which is an amazing thing really all cool. ages mixing together learning something mm. together is ace that it's happens really on um estates as well yeah yeah of course like mm. the, the old guys like two people are playing and you have a crowd yeah just, sure know, sure but chilling it, out. but lately that's been rarer because of the goings-ons people don't want to go out here it was still happening which shows you how tranquil this place is and you've got mm. the old rock formations waterfalls natural waterfalls koi ponds all yeah. this stuff yeah. and i made friends with a kid didn't i we mm-hmm. were trying to catch a fish together he was from uh, i think he's from probably shenzhen somewhere in Kansas, but definitely china and he was a happy kid lovely kid and it was just nice. It's very tranquil setting. Not a, not a thing. No, it wasn't a thing, mate. No. That was the building behind mm. him. That was yeah, the thing. Yeah. But the <laughs> only thing that was intimidating about this place is Pete noticed a sign. Yes. Which said, uh, may, may have snakes, be careful. Yeah, it said they'd found um, traces of snakes in the undergrowth. Yeah. Um, so to be very careful. Well, they leave a massive footprint, don't they, snakes? Yeah, yeah. So it's very, you know, you can see them from a mile away, snakes. See, I quite wanted to see one. Yeah, you did. Yeah, I like yeah. snakes. I don't, so uh, that that would have been worrying. Mm. Uh, but anyway, so I brought it over to meet you. You know, you could have got used to I it. I know you would have. Yeah. I know you would have. And, uh, I'm nice like that. Yeah, you are. You are very nice. Mm. I'd all have fallen backwards into the koi pond and been eaten by a shark. So you know, yes. irony, irony. Snake soup is a local delicacy. Is it? Mm-hmm. It is. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, especially in winter. It's also a health thing, so it's. I haven't good. tried that yet. It's great for winter. It's basically because of, uh, I think it's controlled venom intake. It stops mm. you getting colds and stuff. So anyway, it's it's a whole thing. It's a thing here. Nice. Yeah. We we were in with your uh, your uncle. So if you had caught a snake, I probably would have eaten it. <laughs> <laughs> Feet and all. In fact, when you said that, she ran off to get a pot of boiling water. I don't know if you noticed. Oh, snake. Brilliant. Been a while. But there's also a building that we film nearby in that park that's basically i think it must have been a tea room mm. at one point but it's just an amazing amazing place yeah and really so you'll cool. see that in a teaser it's a bit of a yeah. heads up we filmed there for the teaser moving along from there this is the sad bit because we had to eat and go home at this point we're starving so we actually went out to a quite a famous chain here that last time we went was madly packed but this time no one was there. Yeah, it was three, really three or quiet. four people. Yeah, and this is kind of prime restaurant time as mm. well. So that even the people working there were kind of like mm-hmm. trying to push us to have more stuff yeah. and spend more money, which shows you how affected things actually are yeah. on the street level. Yeah, and business that's, that's, is not good. It is sad. It is sad to see it. We're almost done here. We're almost wrapped. Mm. We're facing our last few days now yeah. before the big trip to uh, the other side of Asia. <laughs> <laughs> it's not quite as bad as the world. So, yeah, no, it's been an amazing time. It really has. We've compacted so much stuff. I was saying to Pete that any time you come here, if it's your first time, most of your memories will happen a week or a month after you land back in mm. the UK or wherever you're from, like America, whatever, because there's so much to consume in, in visualization. Everything you've done is super rapid. It does move faster yeah. here very much. So on that note, I think we're done. Mm-hmm. We'll be back soon with our final day of the, the Series 2 shooting. Until that, well, that sounds crazy, doesn't it? Serious <laughs> shooting. Serious shoot, shoot, filming. 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 Yes. More apps. We're not doing any serious <laughs> shootings. <laughs> when we're back doing the serious shooting. Um, yes, don't believe in guns. Swords are way better. So, on our final day, we'll come back, uh, explain a wrap up, and then we're en route to Japan after that. So, from me, it's goodbye. From me, it's goodbye. Like a game show host in the 80s. Is it? Yeah. Just like that? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And it's over to win for the wrap-up. Subscribe to FIA Gets Tubed on YouTube for access to all Project FIA episodes and extras. As you know, you can find our podcast on all the major platforms, including iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Podbean, and SoundCloud. Ask us questions and drop us your comments via email. Our address is projectfia.rebelrated at gmail.com. And of course, we are also on Twitter. Our handle is projectfia.com.